0: In Board Game Man with this week's Top 5 Express Board Games Edition. Each episode I'll give you a topic for the list and give you my picks for the Top 5 of the games for that list. Today, thanks again to Matthew's College roommate over on the Major Spoilers Discord, I'm going to do sort of a Top 5 of Board Game terminology, so to speak. I'll cover a bunch, so it's not sure I'll have kind of a Top 5 or anything, Just a it's more of a quick show of just some common terms that I generally use. Now, I try to usually give a good definition when I do a Top 5 of a certain type of game, but still, when I talk Talk about games on here or on Munchie Land, I sometimes forget people might not know some of the terms that I use. So I'm sorry about that for anybody that if I kind of go too fast or gloss over certain terms. But today I'm going to try to see if I can explain some of the more common or confusing ones, uh, or maybe not so confusing ones, uh, but anything. Anyway, any things that I kind of say a lot, and I'll try to all, also do this in less than 15 minutes, so let's get started. So the first one I want to talk about real quick is uh, kind of a random term. This is kind of a meeple. Now, uh, meeples are basically your little wooden people. Now, according to lore, this was this name came up by Allison Hansel back in 2000 when she was talking about her little people in Carcassonne. Uh, she said, uh talking about are my and people, and she called them meeples, and Carcassonne was pretty much the first game that you see it printed as. Now, everything kind of having that uh, little almost star-looking person is kind of known as a meeple, or a lot of times people will just refer to any person in their game or, or any of their piece as their meeples, or if they've, uh, you know, the cow weeples or sheeples, you'll see it a lot of times in almost any game. People will kind of use that meeple term, but it really does come back from, uh, back in Carcassonne. And now it is a pretty widely used term, uh, you know, as far as, like I said, as your worker or as your people. The next thing I want to get into is kind of the genre of games. Now, I try to do these definitions like I said in each one of my top fives, but uh, I'm going to cover some of them now. So, one of the biggest ones that I use all the time because it's my favorite type of game is Euro. Now, uh, Euro comes from kind of a European style game. There's less randomness uh, and a lot of times they're a little more dry. Uh, These are all because of games that came over from Europe, usually more strategy centric and often a little more mind draining or mind melting kind of games. Like Catan was one of the biggest games to start the new board game craze, but it's kind of one of the biggest Euro games uh, that came over from Europe, and it started kind of that craze of that type. So a lot of times you'll have uh, you know not a lot of randomness, maybe not even a whole lot of dice, or maybe not even a lot of cards. So sometimes these are games that, uh, you know, they're really... Just straight dry Euros. They won't have any of those things. So no matter how you play, you can just kind of get your strategy. I think Puerto Rico kind of does this one where people almost map their strategies out. Myself, I kind of like more of the randomness in games, which brings us to our next things. We're called Amerithrash or Ameritrash games. In these types of kind of a more American-centric games, there's a lot more dice, uh, stacks of cards, and randomness, and these are kind of the games that I love, just because it keeps you thinking on your toes, so you're having some fun. Not quite as quiet, because sometimes Euro games can be so quiet, because everyone's thinking about every single move and kind of trying to counter everything. There's also kind of war games. This is probably things that most people will know, but a lot of times these war games can have chits and counters and uh, just kind of Uh, A lot of, or even minis and lots of rules and lots of tables and things like that. So a lot of times they uh, started from kind of replaying battles in history or armies versus armies. And I know there's probably a big history of kind of generals and stuff using these things to kind of get their tactics and strategy down for things. But even if you look at things like Warhammer, they've kind of stemmed from this as well. Uh, Also, there's a lot of tabletop miniature games. Can be in a war or minis battle. There's probably another, probably something that I'm missing, kind of a mini strategy game. But a lot of that stems from kind of war games and things like that. Obviously, card games and dice games, those are pretty straightforward. I talk about those a lot. Deck building games are something that I absolutely love. One of my favorite types of games to do. Now, what a deck building game is you start with a basic, basically a bad deck and usually all players will have the same deck. Some games kind of give you a little more asymmetric or different types of deck, but are also all everybody has kind of the same strength of deck and are all pretty bad. And what you do in a deck building game is, as cards come out and you add cards to your deck, you're building your deck, often kind of removing some of the bad cards from it. Uh, these can be kind of just the straight card games themselves, or using deck building nowadays. Using deck building as a larger form of game. Now, I have a couple of good top fives of my favorite deck building games, or and also games that use deck building in them. Another big term that I like to talk about a lot is the weight of a game. Now, uh, a lot of times there's there's often, and especially in BGG, there's kind of five basic weights. There's light, medium light, medium, medium heavy, and heavy. And they kind of, on BGG, go from a one to five. Uh, so I want to give you some examples. So a light game, kind of looping, chewy, shoots and ladders, apples to apples, those are usually your really light, light games it doesn't take a whole lot. You can explain it usually in about 10 minutes and just play it pretty easy. And a lot of times, maybe not necessarily doesn't correlate to how much strategy is involved the game, but just kind of how easy it is to get into the game. Now, your medium light games, which is kind of like you're maybe between 1 and 2 or 1.5 to 2.5 in the wait stay. So you're looking at things like Ticket to Ride, Yahtzee. I think even Catan could be a medium to light game because it doesn't take much to learn that game. And again, the overall strategy and how deep you can get doesn't really kind of factor, in my opinion, to the weight of the game. Now your medium games. So when you get to medium, medium, heavy, and heavy, kind of medium and medium heavy, they kind of A lot of times we'll come very, very close together and and often you can interchange any of these things. Like to me, a medium game, chess, Gloomhaven, even Magic the Gathering, Agricola, Stone Age. These are all games, again, where it takes a little bit more to learn them. But once you do, as I love to say all the time, once you speak the language of the game, the game is not very hard at all. Again, we're not worried too much about strategy of the game, but it is kind of maybe the the type of the rules. Now, your medium-heavy games, you're kind of looking usually at 4X or kind of the heavier Euros or even some war games, or although war I'll talk about when we talk to heavy. Now, you're looking at Sid Meier's Civ, LeHarve. Uh, through the ages these are kind of you know usually a lot of times a longer game and just a lot more rule centric again where you got the medium heavy but just not too over the top heavy now what we're looking at kind of the heavy a lot of times in bgg looking at the ratings of four and up in heavy scale almost always to me these are kind of your wars war games uh your heavy war games or your economic or the uh, 18xx games things like Mocker asl I don't think I've seen too many that are usually higher than 4.5. So that's why it's kind of hard to give a one to five scale. But those are generally what I mean by when I talk about the weight of a game. Usually a lot of things that I talk about kind of hit that medium light. To medium weight games, uh, a lot of times in the games because those are a little bit more mainstream. A lot of times you have some really heavy, heavy hobby board gamers or the people that love to play the three three day war game or even kind of a uh, you know uh, Twilight Imperium is kind of hard to say whether that's a medium heavy or heavy because it does can take upwards of like twelve hours or a whole weekend to play some games like that. Uh, and Twilight Imperium also probably would be in that heavy range because there's a lot of rules and a lot of things going on at there. Next up. I want to talk about time terms that I use a lot. And I talk about things like super filler, one hour wonder or filler. Now a filler game is usually that game where it kind of takes 15 to 20 minutes, 20, 15 to 20 minutes, uh, easy, you know, easy to teach game. Uh, easy to play and it's usually done pretty quickly now the game uh you know that term comes from kind of the filler of filling the time between games uh where you're just kind of playing a quick one while other people are waiting to finish their game so you can change up your groups or or maybe a uh, time at the end of the night to uh to play this filler game filling up that extra little bit of time now super filler it kind of could be kind of the same as what I would call a one hour wonder now super filler is still a little bit longer than 30 minutes but not quite an hour so longer a little bit maybe a little more meatier of a game, but still quick when you kind of think about them because they're still kind of in that filler category. Now, what a one-hour wonder is, it's kind of more of a reflection on, to me, of how good a game is versus how long it is. Obviously, one hour is going to be how long it is, but it's kind of a little bit more meaty and one that you really love because it's a little shorter than some of the really crazy meatier, heavier games, but it is only a one hour. So it's kind of more of a term of endearment, I guess, when you talk about a one-hour wonder, or it can be also, again, a little bit more of a super filler. Um, sometimes games will refer to times as, say, 30 to 45 minutes to player, per player. This can sometimes be a bit misleading, and in my opinion, it can be a publisher trying to make you think it's not really that long, but probably a good way of saying, don't play this game at four or five, because it's going to be a long, long game. So it'll probably be a game that maybe if you play it with three players, oh, you know, hour and a half. So things like that. But most Euros that I talk about, again, those European style games, which are again, uh, worker placement, where you're putting your workers on the board or area control, where you're controlling certain areas of the board to get points. A lot of those Euros will be in the 90 to 120 minute range or a one and a half to two hours. And Uh, And the heavy euros will be kind of two to three hours. So that's when we'll talk about terms. So if I talk about a heavy euro, you're kind of in for more of a commitment. Now, also, those longer games, say your uh, Star Wars Rebellion, uh, TI4, or even when I mentioned D those are your four plus hour games. And sometimes I refer to those as kind of your epic, late, uh, epic length games, or those are your commitment games, or even kind of your weekend games or once a year type games. Like to me, I, I look at things like TI4, your once a year game, or D which can be a six minute, I mean, six minute, six hour game about German politics. And that sounds really uh, dry and uh, boring, but man, it's a really good game. So that's, uh, that's for another show. Uh, Lastly, let's talk about things like importing games and Kickstarter. Uh, I think pretty much uh, I talk about importing a lot of times or bringing them a game across the pond, as I often like to say. So a lot of times you'll have a European publisher will make the game in Europe and maybe sell uh, to one or two countries, even there, and then a U.S. publisher will sometimes get the rights and then they'll print it, the game over here for U.S. distribution. And sometimes even those, a lot of times those, they'll have a, kind of agreement where they'll have the first rights of refusal, or they'll publish exclusively as their U S partner to some companies. And then they'll, uh, you know, then they'll go ahead and publish it over here. I'll often have some dates when a company is bringing a game over that, you know, you've probably seen that as released, but they'll have kind of the rights to games over here, uh, or you know, or what company has landed the US rights when I mention them on Munchkin Land or even here on uh, top five. Uh, obviously, Kickstarter is what is a crowdsourcing or self-publishing where you can go out there and get public uh, get funding from people, you know, put your idea. It starts as a kind of a putting your idea up on Kickstarter to get funded. Uh, and you know what they call crowdsourcing, where everybody where people will kind of pledge money to help you out often to get a game back. Nowadays, Kickstarter is not only crowdsourcing. But it's also been used as a uh, pre-order system by a lot of companies. Uh, so hopefully, uh, some of those terms uh, that I've laid out there for you uh, can help you to get a you know a good idea of things that I say. Obviously, if if there's anything that you don't understand that I've used a lot of terminology at all, just come on over to the Major Spoilers Discord, whether it be in the uh, top five thread or even the tabletop thread or the Munchkin Land thread. I'd be happy to answer anytime, any questions, anytime. Uh And again, I'm sorry if I, if I kind of gloss over some of these. I, I try to do the best I can with trying to get it so that everybody can understand. I know there's a lot of different people. You don't have to be a 10-year veteran of the board game industry to enjoy these shows. So I really hope to bring some of these games to the masses and hopefully I don't go don't gloss over some things that, uh, you know, you may uh, enjoy a game. You know, I want, to, I want to bring some of these games to the masses and to people that have never heard of them before uh, so hopefully this uh, kind of episode zero so to speak with terminology can help people out there to understand but thanks for joining me this week on top five express board games edition if you've got any questions or again or if you missed any common terms that i you know that i may have missed any please let me know on the major uh, you know you can reply to this this uh, announcement or go to the major spoilers discord and of course go there to major spoilers.com for tons of great podcasts and content by steven and the rest of the major spoilers crew I'm Dan Dan, a board game man, and you can find me at Geek Jock Dan or on the Geek All Stars podcast, the Munchy Land podcast here on Major Spoilers, where I give a twice a month 10 to 15 minute board game news show, or as a contributor to TMSPM, where I do a board game segment with Scott and Brian. I'll be back soon with more top five goodness, but until then, grab a new board game and have some fun with family and friends. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a BB with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.